to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now here's lead pastor, Chris Starr. I want you to open your Bibles to the Old Testament book of Judges. I've got a lot to do, a long way to go and a short time to get there, but I just, I have a word today. Uh, I come every week when I'm preaching and I preach uh, what's called expository preaching, which is uh, you take a text and I go through the scriptures and that's pretty normal for me. And I get these messages that I really feel from the Lord. Today, I have a prophetic message. If you don't understand that, you're just gonna have to bear with me and let me try to explain that to you. But this week, as I was asking the Lord about today's message, I just was in my study praying. I said, God, please, I want a word for this last Sunday in December before we go into the new year. I need to know where we're going. I need to know what the vision is, what the direction is for the church. It just I could just sense there was something critical. And y'all, you know we are a Pentecostal church. And if you're new here, you have to understand that we are a spirit-filled church. We believe in the operation of the gifts of the spirit, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Uh, many of us pray in tongues and in an unknown tongue in a heavenly language. That's normal for us. It's biblical. And so we believe in the moving of the Spirit. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Y'all, the Holy Spirit just came over me in my study. I can't even tell you what night it was this week. Tuesday, Wednesday night, I don't know. But man, I started praying in a heavenly language. The power of God came on me. And the Lord began to speak to me and gave me direction for this message. I just don't know how else to tell you. It's very subjective. I know what I'm saying right now. But I just know God gave me a powerful, tremendous word to bring to this church. It is a word about our future. And so I am confident in this word that God has given me today. You can judge this word. When you when I preach this way, prophetic, you're, you're free, feel free to judge it. You can say, you know, man, what is he saying? And look at it and examine it. But I'm telling you today, I know it is the word of the Lord. And, and so I'm just gonna present this today. And I've, I've titled the message, 2019, A Season of New Beginnings. But I wanna read, God took me to this text in... Um, Judges, and so I got to find it here, in Judges, and said, I'm going to show you some things. I didn't make this up. I didn't think, hey, I'm going to preach a sermon from Judges. God said, go to Judges. Go to the story of Samson. So we're going to read it, beginning at verse 13. uh, Chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. Chapter 13, verse 1. Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines, for 40 years. They were the arch enemies of Israel, by the way. Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites. That would be the tribe of Dan. You know, the 12 tribes of Israel. You had the tribe of Dan, so the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, indeed now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink, not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And this is very important. And he shall begin, not deliver, he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. And that's the scripture that God took me to and where I want to springboard off today. Now go to verses 24 and 25 because it kind of finishes the story, but it also it's going to be the wrapping up point for us today. It's a very significant verse for high praises today. 
So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahanadan between Zorah and Eshtael. All right, thank you. You can be seated. Thank you for reverence in the word. That is so awesome. So here, here's what happens. I'm just gonna give you background. This man named Joshua, Joshua in the walls of Jericho, Joshua, leads the children of Israel across the Jordan River into the promised land, and they are to defeat these enemies in this land, these pagan cultures that are totally anti-God are not gonna get right with God, so God uses them as the instrument of judgment against them. So they defeat these enemies and destroy them, and they take over the land and they possess the land. And this is good, and they're serving God. But the Bible says that when, Josh, Judges 2.10 says, when that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. So Joshua and that generation died that saw these mighty moves of God, and another generation came along, and they didn't see all that. And the Bible says in another place that every man did what was right in his own eyes. So they got away from God, and they started worshiping foolishly the, the false gods of the surrounding nations and ultimately then they started sinning and living immorally. So they're idolatrous and they're immoral. And so here's how God dealt with the children of Israel. He said, I gotta do something with these people. They, they're in trouble. I, I gotta get them back to me. So he would allow a nation nearby to come and attack them and conquer them. And then they would live under that bondage for so many years. In this case, it was the Philistines for 40 years. Israel would get tired of that and they would, they would come back to God. They'd say, oh God, please deliver us. We're sorry we ran from you. We need you, Lord. And the Lord would deliver them through a judge that's why, that's the book of Judges, a deliverer, a judge, and he would come along and God would use them sometimes through supernatural means to defeat their enemy and then the Israelites would be free from their enemy and they'd go, yay, and everybody be happy and they'd serve God about that long and they'd go right back into the sin, right back into worshiping the idols and it was a cycle that happened, repeat, that's the whole book of Judges, it's a cycle. It just repeats itself over and over and over and over again. And when I read this, you know what I thought? I thought about America. There was a time in our nation when people served God, when, and I know not everybody did, but there was an understanding of God and a knowledge of God, and people had Bible knowledge and understanding of the Ten Commandments and right and wrong, and there was, believe it or not, some of you young adults, so there used to be prayer in school. They used to start the day with prayer in school. I, believe it or not, I remember when I was a kid, that's when they, they had stopped it, but I had my, my, high, my elementary school principal was an ex-Marine named Mr. Telmanic. Man, he, he was scary looking. He had black horn rim glasses and a crew cut hair and he was frightening. But he didn't care what the government said. He started every day still at our school with a moment of silent prayer. I respected him for that. And so there was a time in this nation when, but man, it's not like that anymore. You say God to people and they'll say, which one? Which God are you talking about? That's where we're at in America today. And people are biblically illiterate. They don't know the Bible. They don't know the word of the Lord. They don't see it as absolute truth and God's source of moral truth. Um, we're, we're just in bad shape in America. Our society is very secular and becoming anti-Christian 
in many places, in many ways. And so we're in bad shape in this country. All you have to do is just watch a little bit of television or go to some movies and you will see the depths that we have fallen in our culture and in our society. And then some of us are old enough to remember, and I know that the young adults, some of you weren't even born, but some of us remember September 11th. 2001. And some of us remember 911. And I remember where I was and I remember what happened. And I remember that that next Sunday, all across America, the churches were filled with people who normally did not go to church because that crisis drove Americans back to the church. They ran to God. But when the dust settled and things sort of settled back into normalcy, those same people left the church and went back into sin. And there was no national revival that many of us hope would happen. We, we have a very similar case. That's what was happening in Judges chapter 13. In this case, it's the Philistines. It's 40 years and they're in a mess. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord, and here's a little trivia. Normally in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord is the pre-incarnate Jesus. How I many you know Jesus didn't come into existence at Christmas? He's God, he's always been. And so he would manifest himself as the angel of the Lord. And so Jesus, the angel of the Lord, shows up to a man named Manoah, his wife first, and then ultimately Manoah, and tells them that they're gonna have a son, his wife's barren, and so this child is gonna be a miracle child, okay? And this miracle child is gonna be the deliverer of Israel and it's Samson, okay? And by the way, let me just remind you that this past week on Tuesday, we celebrated the birth of a miracle child, but it wasn't Samson, his name is Jesus. And he didn't come just to deliver Israel, he came to deliver the entirety of sinful humanity. And let me remind you today that Donald Trump is not gonna save America and the Republicans aren't gonna save America and the Democrats aren't gonna save America and Wall Street's not going to save America, and the educational system and college professors aren't going to save America. There's only one person who can save America, and it's a miracle child named Jesus Christ. And in the immortal words of Andre Krause, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Among him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Hallelujah. And so God shows up to Manoah and says to him that you're going to have a son now here's what he said, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. Begin, something's going to begin. So 40 years, Israel been under the conquering hand of the Philistines, their arch enemy, but it was the season of a new beginning. God through Samson was going to begin something that would ultimately set Israel free. Now, you know, I told the first congregation this and tell you this. I have an intelligent congregation. It's fun to preach to y'all because y'all are smart. Yeah, she's agreeing with me. <laughs> and so <clears throat> you understand that right now on December the 30th, tomorrow's New Year's Eve, the next day's New Year's Day, we are in the season of new beginnings. Tuesday, 12 o'clock tomorrow night will be the beginning of 2019, a new year. And a lot of beginnings are going to go on next week. Some of you are going to begin working out. Some of us are going to begin losing weight. College students are going to begin a new semester. The spring semester will start in a few days. All of us who, who are in business here in the church, if you're in business, you know that we just ended the fourth quarter 
And so January begins the first quarter, the economic quarter of this new business year. You understand? It is a season of new beginnings. Now, I've said all that to get to this point, and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to give a cut. I'm telling you, I am preaching prophetically today. It is going to be different than what you normally hear me, so you're just going to have to bear with me. I'm going to talk to you today as your pastor, but as a prophetic pastor. I am coming to this platform today to speak to high praises as the voice and the messenger of God Almighty and to say to you, we are entering a season of new beginning at high praises. Now, let me explain that to you. On January 27th, we are going to have a celebration of a birthday. We're gonna have a birthday party. It's ours. It is hard for me to understand because Lee and I founded this church that 20 years ago, we, we saw the beginning, the planning of high praises. 20 years ago, in January of 1999, we started in T.L. Hannah High School and it's been 20 years. There was a time when I was 32. I was, I was 32, young and good looking and you know, and all that. And, and Leah was better looking and we were 32. We came over here and I was about to turn 33. And I laughed, that was the age Jesus got crucified. Sometimes I've wondered, but anyway, we came over. Jaron was seven, Evan was two, 20 years ago. And on January 27th, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you now, I didn't tell them, Pastor Josh Trammell's gonna be with us that day. Pastor Josh was our, was our youth pastor for five years and he, he was a founding member. He was 17 when we started this church. He, he was in my youth group at Praise Cathedral and his family was the, one of the founding charter members of this church. They were, they were key components. And I've asked Pastor Josh, who now pastors his own church, he's gonna come over and preach that son. You're gonna love it. And we're gonna review and talk about the past, but I don't wanna talk about the past. We're gonna talk about the future today. 20 years ago, we started, so we're gonna celebrate our birthday being 20 years old. And as I was praying and the Holy Spirit came on me and I'm just in the spirit, I'm talking to the Lord. I'm gonna come down here with y'all and this coat may come off in a minute. But I, I'm talking to the Lord and the Lord just began to show me things, y'all. And I explain it, just when you're in the spirit, God begins to reveal things. Here's what God said to me, all right? Now this is very subjective, I understand this. I'm gonna show you some biblical things, but you have to just, you just have to listen to me today. I don't know how else to say it. I'm doing everything I can to buffer what I'm doing here, but I'm just speaking prophetically. The Lord said to me, You're this church, we you planted it, you came over and did what I told you to do 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, you started it, we had 20 years, but God said to me, we are ending that 20 years in January and we, we, it will be the end of a season and I'm going to start a new 20 years that will begin on Jan January 2019. It is the beginning of not just a new year, but a new season. Well, man, I got fired up. I said, oh Lord, this is, this is significant. And so the Lord began to speak to me as a theologian. I understand this. Pastor Terrence understands this, that in theology, there is a realm of field of study called numerology. And y'all know this. A lot of you know this, that numbers have meaning in the Bible, right? Y'all know this, like three and seven. Seven's the number of God, number of completion. Three's the number of God. Six is the number of man. Man was created on the sixth day. Okay, so you get this. Well, I, so God began to deal with me. He said, look it up. And I, don't, I never knew 20 I said, so what's 20? I don't even know if 20 has meaning in the Bible. So I started looking up. Y'all gonna believe this. I've never looked this up before. It's the first time. 20 is the number of completion of maturity and the moving of one stage into another. I said, good Lord. So I said, I didn't look that up and then get a prophecy from God. I got the word from God. Then the Lord said, go look it up. 
Y'all got me? And so I'm, 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 I'm in my study. I'm like, the Holy Ghost is all on me. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm like, oh God, how am I going to preach Sunday? I'm, I'm all fired up. And so let me just give you some background. I got to move fast. Let me give you an example. In the Old Testament, if you were, and this is very important, if you were uh, uh, a, a man, okay, then we'll, we'll just, we'll just, we'll pick somebody over here. Okay, Donald was you. If you were, uh, if, if you were born and, and you were an Israelite, you were born, you were a child, you were adolescent, you were a young man, that was a phase of life, you're growing up, all that, but when you turn 20, you would be eligible for military service. Every young man, just like in Israel today. <laughs> and so you were eligible to fight. See, in that previous season, you were ineligible. You'd watch other men fight, but you didn't get to fight. But once you turn 20, that season of life, are y'all getting this? That season of life was over and you're moving into a new season where you can go fight the battles for God and defeat the enemies of God and see victories. There are 12 tribes of Israel. One of the tribe is the tribe of Levi, the Levites. God gave land to all the other tribes, but the tribe of Levi, he said, you get cities, but you don't get land. You're going to live in Jerusalem or near Jerusalem, and your job is to teach the people and work because the priest came out of the Levites, but the rest, if you weren't in the priestly line, your job is to work in the church. So you knew what you were going to do. You weren't going to be a, a, a businessman or a real estate agent. That's, you were going to work in the church. That was your job because you were a Levite. And so, but watch this. In the Old Testament, from the time you were born, so Brandon, if you were a Levite, you were born, you're an adolescent, you're a child, you're an adolescent, you're a young man, you were watching them work in the temple. Your dad, your uncle, your cousins, your, your, your friend's parents were working in the temple, okay? But when you turn 20, it's your turn until the age of 50, you were required. Now, that's your job. So you see, that season of childhood and adolescence ended. And now there's a new season where you get to move into ministry and working for the, for the house of God and the kingdom of God. Are you getting this? And what's the correlation? Y'all, 20 years ago, we started this church. We were a little baby church in T.O. Hannah High School for two and a half years. And, and we had we were a little baby church and two and a half years old, like Bo, my grandson. And we bought this land and built this building. And we got five years old and the church started to grow and increase. And we added staff members and the church continued to grow. And we built, bought more land. And we built more buildings and started all kinds of ministries and did missions work. And people are getting saved and backsliders are coming back to the Lord and marriages are being healed people being filled with the Holy Ghost and their miracle signs and wonders and people are getting healed and delivered all these things have been happening for the last 20 years to get us up to this point but what I'm trying to tell you is we were a baby and we were in our childhood stage and we were in our teenage years and we were 18 and 19 year old young adults but God is saying come January 2019 we are going to move into a stage of adulthood and and we're going to move in a place where we're going to fight and win major battles for God. And we're going to do things in ministry like we have never done before. Let me tell you something else. I'm just preaching today. Y'all all right? Now listen, y'all know this. If you've been coming to church here the last two years, you, you've probably figured this out. And if you haven't, it's okay. Don't anybody worry. But our church has been in a transition for the last two years. It's obvious. Everybody knows it. Most people know. If you don't know it, you, you, I'm telling you. And it's okay, okay? It's because transitions are necessary sometimes. And we were in a necessary transition, all right? So we've gone through a transition, and God has shown me that that transition has ended. 
and it's a new season. And I'm going to show you something. So y'all stay with me. You ladies, you should appreciate this. I'm going to talk about a woman who's pregnant, okay, and she has a baby, all right? When you have nine months of a gestation period, okay, that's a season. But that season has to come to an end. If you go 10, 11, yeah, praise the Lord. I think a man said that. And all the, all the ladies said, yeah, all right. So you got nine months of a gestation period, right? All right, if you go 10 months, 11 months, 12 months, and you don't give birth to that baby, watch this. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to kill the baby, and it'll kill you. So there has to be a, tra- when one season ends, another season has to begin. And so what happens is there's a birthing process, and the God designed the woman's body that when that nine months is completed, it's time that things begin to happen internally, that the baby is then, pos- well, Y'all better get ready because y'all just read into this all you want because it's there, okay? The body then positions the baby in a certain direction, positions the baby to move to transition. And so the baby then feels stress and pressure. And anytime churches go through transition, it's stressful and there's pressure. And what's happening is that the, the body is moving the baby into the birth canal to get it out of the womb into the world. And so that's what's happening in the birthing process. Same thing in the church. It's, and watch this. For a baby, the womb, it's, it's comfortable, and it's got everything it wants, and it's got safety and protection and familiarity, okay? And do you know that's one of the things that happens in churches all over the world is that people come to church, and they like everything else to change, but they don't want their church to change, and they want every, they'll get a new iPhone, but they don't want the church to change. They like to listen to new music, but they want the same music when they come to church. Oh, I just busted somebody right there. And so, and so we want everything to be familiar and comfortable. Here's the problem. If the church stays the same and we do the same things we've always done and we sing the same songs we've always sung and we look the same way we've always looked, we are, but the gestation period is finished, we're not going to get better and we're not going to grow and things aren't going to, we're going to die. Let me tell you something that ought to mess you up. You know that churches cycle? They sure do. You start a church and then you have these certain, Sam Chan talks about this. I just saw it yesterday. Sam Chan said, you, you have cycle and you peak. And then if you don't do what needs to be done in transition, you, you will then go into decline and eventually die. Guess what the, the amount of years is when you peak? You want to take a wild guess? 20. I ain't so dumb after all, am I? (laughs) Pastor, what were you doing to us? Why did you do all that stuff? Because I ain't dumb. I may not be smart, but I ain't dumb. 20 to 25 years, Doug, that's when churches peak. And then things changes and the new generation comes along and all the technology, all this stuff. And the church is, it's maxed out. And if you don't do something, the nine months period is over and something's got to get birth. And if you don't get birth and you hang on to the way it is, you're going to die. The church will die. And so you have to do something those 20 years to reinvent yourself. That is what the experts say. And so when a baby's in the womb 
and the pressure is there and, and the body is pushing it in the direction. When it gets in the birth can canal, that is a period of transition. Watch this. And the baby is leaving what is familiar into a world of the unknown and has no idea what's ahead. And that can be stressful and that can be frightening. Watch this. But God leaves the umbilical cord because you keep at least some connection to the past. But even then, at some point, you have to cut that umbilical cord and get a belly button. My God, I'm preaching. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm coming out of this. I feel bound. Are y'all with me? And so the baby then is birthed and leaves the familiar and leaves the comfort. But it has to happen to get into this world bright-eyed. And all there's all the family and there are all the friends and the cousins and grandma and grandpa. Grandpa and mama over there. Right? And it's a whole note. Watch this. And I'm going to show you something. And when a baby's in the womb, everything's inwardly focused. It's all about, I want to stay in the womb where it's safe. I'm here. I'm in, I mean, it's inwardly focused. And you know, when churches first start, and churches, a lot of times they're inwardly focused. Church is about me. Church is about my song. Church is about my playing my instrument. Church is about me teaching my class. Church is about our kinds of ministries that we carried over my other church. Come to this church, but you won't bring what you had in your other church. Why'd you leave that church? Woo, I'll make some people mad. And, and so everything's, but when you're born and you go from the womb to the world, it's outwardly now. Now you can see your mama. Now she can grab her with your hands and hold you close. And instead of an umbilical cord feeding you, she's feeding you directly. Do you understand what I'm saying? It opens up this whole new world where you're not inwardly focused anymore, but you're outwardly focused. Listen to me. The churches that are inwardly focused eventually max out and die. And I'm telling you, and I'm declaring today for high praises, we'll meet your needs, we'll help you, we'll bless you as far as we can, but still the primary purpose of this church and every church is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to fulfill the great commission and to make disciples of sin and turn them into followers of Jesus. That is what we're about. Not to pamper church people. And if you need to be pampered, then maybe you need to find a church that's got a nursery. And there are people that left this church, I'll just say this, because they were more concerned about being pampered to get their certain kind of song than they were about a soul getting saved. And that might hurt their feelings, but you know what? Tell them to call me. We'll sit down and talk about it. Because I got some questions I want to ask them. Like, how many people did you invite to this church in the last five years you were here? How many people did you win to the Lord the last five years? Because you never brought them to me and introduced them to me. See, when you get prophetic, you get crazy like this. People will call me cocky, and I'll get, I'll get picked on because it's, I don't care. Because when you get prophetic, you don't care. I'm going to preach the word of the Lord today. In love. I love y'all. God said we've been in a transition, but the transition's over, and we've been birthed. I had a godly woman come up to me after the first service that I respect, and she was under the power of the Holy Ghost. This is a godly woman. She's never done this, and she walked up to me. And she said, Pastor, I got to tell you something. The Holy Spirit has been over there speaking to me. I said, what? She said, you, everything you said, you're spot on. You're right. She said, but we've got to be as a church like Mary. When the angel showed up and said, you're going to have a baby, and, and instead of fighting it, Mary said, be it to me according to your word. 
I said, good Lord, honey, you and the anointing, that's the Holy Ghost. Speak to me. Talk to me. She said, we got to accept it as the word of the Lord. And she said, if it will accept it as the word of the Lord and say, Lord, let it happen. She said, we will go into our destiny. Oh, Lord, I'm running out of time. So, Samson is the deliverer, right? And Samson... Y'all got, if y'all knew, just got to remember, I don't preach like this every Sunday. I'm just being prophetic today, okay? So anyway, throw that out there. If I was new to this church, I'd be going, my God, what's wrong with him? <laughs> he don't preach like my preacher did back in the time. Never mind. So the Lord takes me to the end of the, the passage. It's the, it's the beginnings, y'all. It's the begin- God's going to begin doing some things through us. I want to say something I said in the first service. There are things that we have watched God do in other churches and in other places that God's fixing to do in this place. We've been, just like you were 20, 19, 18, watching your daddy go to war and watching your cousin go to war and watching your best friend's daddy go to war, but then you turn 20, it's time to stop watching and it's time to get in ourselves. There's gonna be new ministries in the next 20 years, things we're gonna do here we haven't done the last 20 years. Y'all with me? So here's what happens. God then moves on the writer of Judges, which I don't know. I think, I think it may be Samuel who wrote Judges. And he, this is what the Bible says. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move on him in Mahanadam between Zorah and Eshtel. And the Lord took me to this and said, yes, this was... Uh, this was descriptive of what God did with Samson, but I'm going to take it and make it prescriptive for high praises, and you have permission to preach it. So judge me if you want. But I'm just giving you, I'm just the messenger. Here's what happened. The child grew. And I just, I mean, the Lord just, I'm telling you, I'm just giving you what the Lord gave me. I know, I know you say you're stretching. Things. Well, fine, let it stretch. Let's let time see. But the Lord said to me, These three things apply to us. So number one, the child grew. This season is the beginning of a season of growth. It's going to be a season of growth. Now, I'm going to talk about two things. One, that's personal growth. You need to be growing in the Lord. You need to be maturing in the Lord and becoming more like Jesus and less like you, right? That's the goal. We have been justified, but we are being sanctified. And one of these days, we will be glorified. All right, but you, all, you ain't all that in a bag of chips yet spiritually. How many know he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be? Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. Give credit to Gloria Gaither. All right, and so, and so it's got, so we need to be growing. We've got to be maturing, and I'm going to challenge you. Not just this year, but the next. We're going to see people maturing and growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. But not just spiritual growth and maturity, but I think it's about numerical growth. I have a vision. I've been here 20 years, and y'all just can't seem to get rid of me. So I don't know. I'm going to hang around maybe 20 more years or 13 years, something like that. Not 20 years. I want to retire. But, but I, got, I got some things I still see. Y'all know we own this big field out here, right? We own 28 acres. We've always had a campus approach. I still see 
a sanctuary over there that can seat 1,800, 2,000 sitting in that field with a parking and us having a service running 1,500, whatever, I can see our church running three to 4,000. That's a vision I have. But if that's going to happen, then there's some things you're going to have to do as a body. I'll do my part, but you're going to have to do your part. And that means that you got to do, so I'm going to give you some challenges. Okay, so here's some challenges. Put those challenges on the screen. Number one, I want to challenge you to read your Bible and pray daily. I know Christians don't even read their Bible and pray daily. Okay, read your Bible and pray daily. There's so much There's so much with technology now that you can read your Bible on your phone during your work break, during lunch, in the morning before you get up. You can read your Bible. You need, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So get the Bible, read. And I want to challenge you to pray daily. Spend time with Jesus. Read and pray and pray and read and read and pray and pray and read and read and pray and pray and read. Second, I want you to invite people to church. Don't answer out loud, but when's the last time you invited somebody to church? Oh, I love my church. I love my pastor. I love my young, I love my, my life group. I just love everything. When's the last time you invited somebody to the place you love? So I want to challenge you. Invite people to church. Join a life group. Growth and maturity is done in community. How many babies have you seen growing up by themselves? God puts babies in families. And so we are a family as a church, but, the, but you know, we're a big family. So you got to get smaller to get bigger. And so you got to join a life group. Attend a station of life group. We've got, we got young adults. We got senior adults. We got the youth. And Lee and I, we're going to do something this year. We're going to call it pizza with a pastor. And I'm going to do some things for those like 35 to 50 and 50 to 60. We're going to do some things where you, because, you know, we don't have a lot for that age group right now, where we're just going to get together and do some things where you can build some relationships, build some community. Finally, if you're new to the church, attend Growth Track. That, just like Evan said, it's the front door. If you say, I'm new in the Lord, what do I do next? You need to go to Growth Track. That's what, that'll lay a foundation for you to get you on your way in your walk with God. We're going to grow. It's going to be a season of growth. Second thing is the Lord blessed him, and it's going to be a season of blessing. Now, what does that mean? That means God's going to bless you, but we got to turn around and be a blessing. How many of you know it's more blessed to give than to receive? So it's going to be a season of blessing. So I, 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 I'm going to tell you right now that God is going to bless our church, and he's going to bless you, but then we're going to turn around, we're going to bless other people. And that, that's going to involve missions. That's going to involve blessing other churches. That's going to be blessing people in need. We're going to be a church of blessing. We're going to be a blessed church that is a blessing. I can just see of God using us far beyond anything we've ever done. And I believe God's going to bring the resources in here. But God blesses us to be a blessing. And so I believe God's going to prosper you. I think some of you are going to get job promotions. You're going to get pay raises. You're going to get new opportunities. But God's going to bless you so you can turn around and be a blessing. Some of you, God has given you incredible talents and abilities, but you got to use that talent and ability for God. Okay? Let me just tell you how God, God will bless those who are being a blessing. Let me just tell you a story, and I'm not, you're not, you're not going to, I'm not going to tell you who the person is. That's, I can't do that. But there was a girl who was in my youth group. I never told you this story, but there was a girl who was in my youth group. She's now a grown woman with her own children. And as a high schooler, her dream was to be a news anchor. She went to college, uh, she got her degree, got in that field, and God has blessed her unbelievably to where she has been the morning news anchor on the news anchor team of major, major markets like Chicago and different places. She was in Washington, D.C. Uh, recently. She's now in California. God, every, her dream has come to pass. Her husband works with celebrities. He's an agent. 
and they're both strong, born-again, Christian, spirit-filled. And she, I've talked to her. She said, God opens the door for us to minister to these people who desperately need Jesus. And so they, they, they have an inroad, you know, with, with like, like, she, like she told me, like, um, if you want to know how connected she is, when she was in Washington, she, y'all know who Ainsley Earhart is? On Fox News, like they have two little girls. They go out to lunch with their little girls. I mean, that's how connected she is. It's a whole world that we don't know anything about, yet God is using her. Well, she, I connected with her over social media. Didn't even know what she was doing. Connected with her, told her about my church. That was it. And this year, uh, she, and you don't need to know anything else, but she's way out in California, probably has her own church and everything. But because she was in my youth group, because she has a connection with this church, and because she knows what God's doing here, and she sees this as fertile ground, she, out of her, out of her giving, wrote a check of blessing. We'll just leave it at that. You don't have to know how much, but it was a nice check. She wrote it to high praises and said, here, I want to pour in to the ministry of what God's doing here. What I'm trying to tell you is you don't understand that God knows who we are and God knows where we are. And if God has to touch the heart of somebody on the other side of the nation on the West Coast and say, pour into high praises church and I want you to bless my people, God's going to do it. It's going to be a season of Growth is going to see, be a season of blessing. And so let me go, give me, so give me the challenges. I got to do this. So here, look, attend Sunday morning services regularly. Come to church on Sunday morning. Why? Because this is where you get blessed. You know what the Bible says? God said, the writer said, thy way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary. Yeah, can he bless you outside of the church or watching a church service on the internet? Yeah, and hopefully this year we're going to be on the internet too. But it ain't the same as when you get in a place. Because at home, you can't get up when the Spirit of God's moving and walk down the aisle and fall in this altar like people did and have people lay hands on them and pray for them. That ain't going to happen in your house. Thank God for it, but you need the church. Give your tithes and offerings faithfully. Give your tithes and offerings faithfully. Some of you are struggling just to give 10%. Some of you need to say, you know what? Let's push this thing and do 11. Let's go 12. I'm not going to tell you how much, but Leah and I had this conversation. And I, I, I walked up to her two months ago. No, but you don't know this, but I'm going to tell this story because I want to inspire you. Two months ago, I walked up to her. I said, babe, I feel like God wants us to give substantially more in our tithe. What do you think? She said, I'm with you. I'm talking about substantially more. So for November, December, my tithe check was different than what it's always been. I gave more beyond. I'm not going to give you the percentage. It's none of your business. Since then, I have had more situations where God has blessed us financially, where we have had the favor of God in ways that I can't even comprehend, things I can't tell you about. But I've told Leah, I said, just in two months, we increased our tithe and look at what God is doing. And I was telling one of our members about it. She may be here this morning because they tithe and we were talking about it. And I said, you know what? If people, I said, I get up every Sunday and talk about it, but Leah and I practice it. I just wish people would see it works because God is faithful. He's faithful. People still fussing, I can't give the tithe. I have a problem giving the tithe. Your problem is not the tithe. Your problem is you. Volunteer. I know you like to come to church and sit here and hear this great music. Billy, you do too good a job. Everybody wants to hear it. And y'all do, you and Jaron do the night of worship. Everybody wants to come. That's fine. Come to church of joy. But we got more opportunities for ministry and we need people to fill the slots right now. We need them. 
And I want you to pray and say, God, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I get blessed here. I need to turn around and give. I need to find out what they need me to do. And if you've got talents and abilities, let's know. That's why Growth Track helps us to create a leadership and volunteer pool because we do a lot of those things in there. Here's the last thing. I got to do this. We're in trouble. It's 12.03. We're just in trouble. Oh, tell the children's workers just to hang on in there. It's going to be the season of the moving of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. It is going to be the season of the, of the moving of the Holy Spirit and high praises. Now, those of you who have been with me from day one, you're going to say, but pastor, for 20 years, we've had movings of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. But I'm just telling you, there's going to be something different. I, there's going to be an intensity. There's going to be something. That, and I didn't tell you this because I haven't been up there in my notes, but God told me one more thing, and he's bringing it back to our members, that this season is going to be a season of freedom. We sang about freedom on that last song. It is going to be a season of freedom. God, through the transition, freed us from some things. He freed us from some people with traditional mindsets who wanted to keep everything the way it was. It was a spirit that was holding us back. I love those folks, but they had to go. And in the meantime, God sent people in here who said, I've been bound up. I want a place where I can have freedom to worship and freedom to grow and freedom to pray. God is saying this season is going to be a season of freedom. We're going to be free to serve the Lord. We're going to be free to be a holy people of God. We're going to be free to be the church of the living God. We're going to be free to be a light in Anderson and the surrounding area. We're going to be free to be a missionary-minded church where we can spread the gospel around the world. We're going to be a we're we got to have a freedom to do and be who God's called, what God's called us to do, and who God's called us to be. It's freedom. We were singing. I just preached this message one time, and Evan looked over at me, and you started coming to the altars and moving, and Evan said, "Dad." I think it's already started. I said, I think you're right. That's, that's how it ought to be. That's how it ought to be. I, I don't want sinners sitting there grabbing the chair saying, I don't know what to do. I want sinners sitting there saying, I can't stand there. And they go run into the altar and we pray them through in the middle of the worship service. How'd you like that, Pastor Billy? We just pray people through during the worship service. See, there's freedom. And God's, there's gonna be moving the spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit and the operation of the Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe we're going to see more of that. We're going to see an outpouring of the Spirit of God. People, Samson, Samson was not, Samson, Joshua, Joshua, you can sit down. Joshua, Samson probably looked like you. Okay, neither one of us are Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, that's the wrong image of Samson. He was probably a normal guy. The strength came from the Holy Ghost. It wasn't physical strength. It was strength that came upon him that he did what he couldn't do on his, on his, his own natural strength. So he would rip the gates, iron gates, which you couldn't pick up on your own, and carry him out of the city. And, and, and uh, he killed a lion with his bare hands. Try that. You can't even handle your cat. You know what I'm saying? You better have the Holy Ghost. And... and he got attacked by a thousand men, Philistines. Now, how are you going to hold off a thousand? There was a donkey that had died, and donkeys, their jaws are like steel because my papa hit one one time with his fist. That's a story I'll tell you sometime. 
because it wouldn't move. And my grandfather wasn't saved yet. And he said, I balled up my fist and I hit that donkey. I said, what happened? He said, I about broke my hand. He said, but that donkey started plowing again. But anyway, this, he took, it was dried up. When it dries up, it's real strong. He took the dried jawbone of a donkey, picked it up so it's big, like a weapon, and killed a thousand Philistines. But he didn't do it in history by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit as they tried to attack him, the enemies of God. But listen, it wasn't like Samson got the call of God and said, whoa, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to start doing all these powerful things. There was a first. There was a first. There's always, in spiritual things, there's always a first time. Right? And so many of you, especially young adults, you didn't grow up in this. So many of you come into this church and you're just eating it up, man. You're like, man, the music's cool and the pastor's crazy and we get the word and like the whole, we feel the Holy Spirit of God. And this is like, we like this place and it's a family. But listen, you've got to, you, if you're going to move in the spirit, and the spirit's going to move on you. It, for some of you, it may be a first, the first time. You can't be afraid. You've got to move and decide, am I going to sit back there and say, oh, I wish I could go down the altar like all those people, but I'm, I'm afraid. or I'm a, I don't know what people are going to think of me. I don't know what my husband will think. I don't know what my wife will think. I don't know what my kids will think. I don't know what my mom and dad will think. you got to make your mind. Are you going to do that, or are you going to say, you know what? Forget this. We didn't do this in the last church I grew up in, but you know what? I, oh, there's freedom here. i got to get to that. Are you going to get out and you're walk and move into the Spirit? Yes. And you get down here, and the Holy Spirit will never disappoint you. Here's the last thing. How many of you know names in the Bible have meaning? Emmanuel means God. All right, so I just came out of Christmas season. So names in the Bible have meaning. <clears throat> when God tells the writer to tell names of something that otherwise you wouldn't tell, you got to pay attention to it. He does that here. So the Spirit of the Lord began to move on Samson at Mahanadan between Zorah and Eshtael. Now, why do you going to tell all that? I mean, does anybody here know where Mahanadan is? It ain't near Honeypath. You know what I'm saying? over there so well so you look it up Mahanadan means the place of judgment Zora means scourging whipping Eshtel means entreaty prayer now you can't miss this that's why God calls preachers to see these things there's meaning there the spirit of the Lord began to move on Samson at the place of judgment between scourging and prayer. And if you're going to move in the spirit, you got to make a decision. Place of judgment. Am I going to fight this or am I going to flow with this? Am I going to get that baptism of the Holy Spirit? Or am I going to back off? You have to make a decision. Now, you know who will fight you on this? You. This stuff called flesh. And I'm not going to repeat myself, but all those things that you're back there thinking, I'm afraid, what are they going to think? That's your flesh. You have to scourge your flesh. Just like they whipped the back of Jesus and beat him when they crucified him, you have to beat your flesh and say, you... my, my friend from Pennsylvania texted me last night. He, he pulls for Clemson now. And he, he's a Penn State fan, but he's pulling for Clemson because Penn State ain't there. And he texted me last night after he said, that wasn't much of a game. And I texted him back. I said, that was a beatdown. That's what you got to do your flesh. You got to put a beat down on your flesh and say, you know what? Why don't you shut up? Oh, all the kids are going to say, you ain't supposed to say shut up. <laughs> you need to just be quiet. 
That's not the same tone of your voice. Okay, anyway. And you need to say, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to listen to God. And so you have to beat your flesh. And but the only, you have to balance that as you got to pray. Praying people get move in the spirit. On the day of Pentecost, there were 120 people in an upper room. You know what they were doing? Praying. You know what they had been doing for seven days? Praying. And when you make up your mind, I'm going to move in the spirit. And flesh, you're not going to have your way. And oh God, I'm telling you, I'm ready for whatever you want to do in my life. Oh God, I felt the Holy Ghost right then. Then the Holy Ghost will begin to move on you and you will experience things you've never experienced. I want you to stand with me and everybody you can get to the altar as fast as you can. We got to get down here and we, I know God's already moved and, but we, we need God to move on you. It's a new season. Look at somebody while you're walking down and say, it's a new season. Look at somebody and say, God's starting something new. Come on, keep coming just as close as you can. It's a new season. It's a new day. There's a fresh anointing that's flowing your way. It's a season of power and prosperity. It's a new season. It's coming to you and me. That's it. So be it. He just said it. Pastor, why are we standing down here? Because I'm just the messenger and I had given you more than a sermon. I have given you a prophetic word of God, not just for 2019. Usually preachers this time of year just want the, the sermon for next year. But I have given you the sermon for the next 20 years. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by what I'm standing here doing. I'm overwhelmed by it. I'm, I'm, I'm unbelievably right now overwhelmed by what I have. I have come up here almost, almost trembling. It is our destiny. But are we going to pursue it? That's the question. And so what I'm asking on this day, this last Sunday of 2018, I know I'm not laying hands on everybody. We're having a prayer line. They're falling out. <clears throat> I think today is just about us hearing this word and saying, are we going to accept it? And are we going to say, yes, God, we embrace our destiny. Let's do it. Let's do it. Growth, blessing, the move of the spirit. Let's do it. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.